1: You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Bronco's Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge.
2: Okay, we are live right now. People are going, whoa, 609 and the Huddle Up! Podcast has gone live? (laughs) What world are we living in? We got to let it breathe just for a moment here. We got to bring on Facebook and our great audience and community over there. Bear with us just a moment. And we are good. Welcome in, everybody. It's a huddle up podcast presented as always by Mile High Huddle. And I'm your host, Chad Jensen, with me as always, my partner in crime, my fellow football priest. He is the deputy editor of milehighhuddle.com. He is Zach Calverman. Zach, this is going to blow your hair back. This is going to completely shock you, but pro football focus. All right. they are predicting in their recent, most uh, their latest mock draft, a tectonic blockbuster trade for some quarterback that has only been tangentially connected to the Broncos for the last few weeks, months. Deshaun Watson, have you seen the uh, the mock? And what was your thoughts on the Broncos giving up not one, not two, three first and and two twos to land Deshaun? <laughs> At least it's an
3: original topic, chat. We haven't broached this before, but I, I'm still, you know, you ask Broncos country when this, this article went up or when the tweet went up from PFF, every Broncos fan replied. The ones that I saw were like, do it, yes, please, in a heartbeat. I'm still a little tentative, and I know it, it's going to sound redundant. I've been saying this ad nauseum as of you for the last how many podcasts now, three, four weeks in a row. I just think that much and, and depriving yourself of a first-round pick this year, a second-round pick this year, not picking till the third round when you have all these holes to fill throughout the roster. Because, again, what are you going to do with Justin Simmons if you take on Deshaun Watson's contract? What do you do with Shelby Harris? What do you do with the guys you want to keep and the core you want to build? It's one or the other. It's just too rich for my blood. As good as he is,
2: I just would not do it, Chad. And by the way, guys, look, I this isn't the type of scenario where either Zach or myself, someone disagrees and they just are pining for the Broncos to land. What's up, Big Earn? They're just pining for the Broncos to land, Deshaun Watson. We're, we don't think that – we're not going to call anyone an idiot. We're not going to say even so much that you're wrong. We just don't think that's the right thing to do. So I guess if it ain't right, it's wrong. But we're not going to try and make you feel small, all right? We know a lot of Broncos fans at this stage. We know which way the wind's blowing. We lick our thumb, put it up in the air. All right, we, we can feel the groundswell. People want Deshaun Watson. And we feel you. And, the, I mean, the smoke keeps rising. But look at this. Here's, here's another little interesting uh, tidbit. Uh, this was a separately proposed trade by the uh, leading advanced analytics site for Deshaun Watson. Here you go. Could you live with this? Broncos get... Sean Watson, Texans get Bradley Chubb, a first rounder, this, their first rounder this year, a second rounder this year, and next year's first and second. So you're basically swapping out one of those firsts that were in the mock for Bradley Chubb. Honestly, I still that's still too rich for my blood, dude. I'm sorry. Because... I don't know if you were done, Chad, but you can you can
3: make the case that you're giving up a 2018 first rounder in Bradley Chubb as well. So you add that to the to the whole haul there, and you're stripping away your defense to add to your offense. And ignore Watson's contract, ignore how disgruntled he is, and the chance he would repeat that scenario in Denver. Ignore Pat Shermer. You're still stripping away assets of your defense all for one player, and that one player, the quarterback is just not as good as a Mahomes. He would not single-handedly elevate the Broncos. I saw PFF, they, they asked a hypothetical question, would the Broncos be instant title contenders, Super Bowl contenders, if they were to acquire Deshaun Watson? No, I don't think Super Bowl just yet. Playoff contenders, absolutely. But you're talking about a team, chat that has a lot of issues that go beyond quarterback. Vic Fangio, his clock management, his defense breaking down at clutch situations, the special teams with Tom McMahon, the play calling on offense. This is a team that has to first learn how to win, how to be relevant, before they jump to being title contenders, especially in that division. So... I still wouldn't do it as good as he is, which he is. I am not disputing. Yes, Watson is better than Drew Locke. Literally no one is disputing that. But what you have to give up to
2: acquire Deshaun Watson is where I draw the line. It's too much for me. Look, and by the way, we're excited because we're going to have one of the MHH Mount Rushmore superstars. And he's also been helping us in the YouTube chats as a moderator lately. Dylan Von Ark's on the show. He's ready to go. He's in the green room. We're going to bring him on here in just a few minutes. So we're excited for that. But first, just a couple other things I want to get to, then some matters of business, then we'll bring Dylan on. The topic of Deshaun Watson. Let me just read this to you real quick. And, of course, we will get uh, we will get Dylan's take on these very topics as well. But uh, first, let me just grab this. i got to read to you because I'm reading their logic for the trade, right? <clears throat> and I thought they would just kind of stick with the kind of the tried and true you know, he's a top-five caliber quarterback, but read. Let me, let, me, let me read this to you. Trade, Houston trades. And by the way, Houston takes Trey Lance with that pick at night. All right. Trade, Houston trades quarterback Deshaun Watson to Denver for the ninth overall pick, a 2021 second rounder, a 2022 blah, blah, blah. Texans brass may keep insisting that they're not going to trade the star quarterback, but Watson looks as good as gone at this point. In fact, FanDuel now has the Broncos as the favorites to land Watson ahead of the 2021 NFL season. If Denver were to acquire the star quarterback, it's going to take a stupid amount. Hey, good, emphasis good on stupid to, uh, of picks. Despite the quarterback having a no-trade clause getting in the way, and the Broncos reportedly are willing to do just that. After all, Watson was a top three graded quarterback of the 2020 season and is on the path to Hall of Fame status, according to the research done by PFS' Kevin Cole. The Broncos acquiring Watson. This is another thing that just I'm like really. The Broncos acquiring Watson, Zach, would have the same impact we saw this past season when Tom Brady signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They'd be Super Bowl contenders right away. I'm sorry. Miss me on – I don't – I'm not there. I don't think he's that – look, we saw what Peyton Manning's presence did for the Broncos. We saw what Tom Brady's presence did for the Bucks. You're telling me that that's what Deshaun Watson's going to do for, for this Broncos uh-huh. spot? I don't think he's there yet in his career. I think someday he might be a quarterback that can do that. I'm just not convinced he's there yet.
3: I think it's disrespectful lumping Deshaun Watson in with Tom Brady's name. You're talking about the greatest quarterback of all time compared to a quarterback that's one in two all time in the playoffs chat, who, you know, he, he led the league in passing yards last season. His team won four games. I don't see a future Hall of Fame quarterback just yet in Deshaun Watson. I see a perennial Pro Bowl, yet not an all-pro quarterback in Deshaun Watson. So Pro Bowl means one thing, all-pro means another. Hall of Fame, he has a long way to go to get to that point. He's a top-six quarterback in this NFL uh, currently right now, top-five you know, arguably, but not where uh, I think PFF rates him. I think he's a tad overrated in the national eye, and I think it's because – most check marks and most of these national media types, they tend to side with the players over teams and they're seeing the disharmony in, in Houston right now. They're seeing the, the Cal McNair and the Jack Easterby and how they've mismanaged the situation and they're taking Deshaun Watson's side and in doing so, almost inflating or artificially hyping up his worth. Future Hall of Fame
2: quarterback, comparing him to Tom Brady, let's slow down just a little bit, a little hyperbole. All right, guys, so much more to get to. We're gonna we're gonna grab Dylan. We're gonna get pick his brain on this very topic. We'll get to what's on your mind, your questions, your super chats here in just a second. First, we got to say hello and welcome and thank you to the presenting sponsor of tonight's live stream podcast, Manscape. Listen up, 2020, it's in the books, gang. It's 2021. It's time to embrace the new year, new me mindset. And what better way to do that than with Manscape, which is the best in men's below the waist grooming? They've helped over two million men keep their male grooming on point. So if you let yourself go a little bit 2020 quarantine, or even, uh, you know, maybe lately you've been in a funk, you've been in in a rut, Manscaped is here to help you reboot Stay Clean and Shave for 2021. Yeah, you know, I actually used this earlier today. I didn't do a full shave, as you can see. I know my box
3: is kind of small there, but anyone who maintains a beard, you like to keep it nice and straight, at least mostly straight looking. I know we're not professionals, but this allows you, especially with the light and with the ergonomic grip, to get in there. You go against the mirror and you make it as straight as you can, and you can really fine tune the points of your beard, the points if you want to shave your arms, your neck, your chest. If you go to the gym, if you go to the beach, if you go out in public with or without a mask, no matter virtually or in person, you need to feel good about yourself and look good. And I keep saying this every time. Chad's holding up the crop mop. I'm always showing off the lawnmower and the weed whacker. I promise you guys, Manscaped, every single product, they do not miss. If you if you want, have any
2: semblance of interest in male grooming, Manscaped is the way to go. I promise you. And it, there's just so many different products on offer that it seriously, that I was even ignorant of that were out there to help a guy take his game to another level and step it up. So head on over to Manscaped com. If you use the code HUDDLE, you'll get 20% off and free shipping. And your family jewels, they're going to send you a little you know, letter in the mail saying, thank you, appreciate you.
3: Yes, get 20% off and free shipping with the code HUDDLE at manscaped.com. That's 20% off, guys, and free shipping and use the code HUDDLE at manscaped.com.
2: All right, guys, um, I'm going to do the matters of business lightning quick because I don't want to keep Dylan waiting too long but you know the usual. connect with us on Twitter at huddle up pod, the main account at mile high huddle on Twitter. Zach Kelberman at Kelberman NFL, myself at Chad and Jensen and buona beast on Twitter at John K. M-H-H. head on over to Facebook, click the big blue button on the mile high huddle page. It says become a supporter. You're in like Flynn and get access to our VIP premium content that we have begun to roll out in 2021, starting with Kelberman's corner, which just completed its seventh episode yesterday. Shout out and much love to all of our supporters who have been funneling over there and supporting that content. Thank you guys. Really appreciate you. But so many of you follow and engage and are part of our community on Facebook. If you want to take it to another level, support the cause and get access to that exclusive content. That's how you do it. And then check out the merch store gang. We got some cool designs coming this week. You're not going to to miss it. Head on over to huddleuppod.com. Get your swag on, get a hat, get a t-shirt, get a hoodie, face mask, mug, little something for everybody. And if you're not in a position to do those things, we do ask that you do these three things, all right? We're seriously just happy to have you with us, all right? Maybe we're a little demanding at times of our audience, but this is within your power to do and it doesn't cost you anything. Subscribe. Most of you already are, but if you're not, subscribe. Like the video, guys. You have no idea how much that helps us. It's a small thing that you can do that helps us in a big way, all right? And the third thing is share this video out there only if you think, Zach and I are doing a good job. Maybe we disagree on some of the hot button topics, but if you think we're doing a good job and you respect the work that we're putting in there, share this video out there and help us continue to grow and reach new like-minded Broncos fans just like you.
1: This is the Overtime Podcast Network.
0: Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site out on the town or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500 or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at woodhousebuickgmc.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC, we are professional grade. Have you been waiting for just the right job? Then welcome to the end of your search. Amazon has seasonal warehouse jobs in your area and now is a great time to apply. You can start getting paid right away and work close to home. Applying is easy. You don't even need an interview. So what are you waiting for? Come join the team and get a great seasonal job offer today. Visit amazon.com hiring. Amazon
2: is an equal opportunity employer. All right. Okay, time has come. Let's bring him on. Dylan Von Arks, longtime superstar in the house. Boom, here he is on screen. Dylan, dude, it's been so much fun. We, we talked a little bit. Uh, before we went live here in the green room and it was fun to kind of get to know you a little bit but welcome to the show thanks for joining us how are you dog i'm doing awesome man you know a little
4: tired i work pretty early but might be on a little bit but it's you know i'm just beyond excited to be here tonight
2: dylan is uh an og i mean literally an og he's been we were talking about this before we went live again too that you know he's been with us mhh guy huddle up guy predating the I guess the YouTube era, we'll call call it, since we started going live on YouTube. And uh, he also personifies the uh, hashtag state of being. So I don't want to share anything that you don't want to share, but let's just say, and of course you're welcome to, to tell people whatever you want to tell them, but let's just say you're not located specifically in Colorado. So tell everybody how you became such a, not just a passionate, outgoing Broncos fan, but you're a knowledgeable Broncos fan.
4: For sure, and obviously a lot of the knowledge comes from this channel and all the wonderful creators, but so my parents uh, before they had me and my brother, I have a twin brother actually and uh, so they went to Cabo and met uh, this couple who was from Denver they became great friends and uh, my parents later on ha- was having trouble trying to have kids, so they went to Denver to do In Vitro which still don't fully understand what that is, I'd have to ask. But um well, so we were stirred up in Denver, as my dad likes to say. And uh we brought back to California where we were born. And when we were born, my dad's friend Rick from Denver sent a bunch of Broncos stickers, onesies, everything you can imagine. And for some reason that kind of stuck with me. He uh he indoctrinated me, if you will. Um didn't quite get my brother. He's uh, he's a Ravens fan, not as of Recently, since we used to play the, uh, Madden 04 game, and they had a pretty mm-hmm. good defense there, so he kind of latched onto them. But, uh, yeah, that's how I became a Broncos fan. A little, a little different than others, I'd say, but, yeah. First cool.
3: of all, D- Dylan, stand up and show your shirt off. That's number <laughs> one. <To> give, <laughs> give our oh, yeah. audience
2: – like this. There, yeah, there oh, we go. Yeah, there we go. There it is. There Hashtag there. football
3: priest. <laughs> Second of all, Dylan, you've seen the show enough, obviously. You know where I'm going with this. You've been a Broncos fan long enough now. What has been your crowning achievement uh, being a part of Broncos country and what has been the, the moment where you kind of want to hide in the bushes and not, not want to be associated <laughs> with this team anymore?
2: <laughs> Hashtag Bronco babies.
4: Man. Well – obviously at super bowl 50 i mean just being able to see a super bowl and win one in my lifetime that to me is amazing because i I was born in 99 so just missing the boat on the previous two um but yeah that's that's got to be number one and gosh the worst i would i don't know this off season's been pretty uh pretty (laughs) hectic you know but it's uh I don't know. You know, there's there seems to be the most division that I've seen uh, this offseason, whether it be quarterback or head coach, you know.
2: True. I would agree with you. I've been, obviously, you know, I've been a Broncos guy dating back to the freaking early 80s, but as someone that's covered the Broncos and has to know every intimate detail that's going on with the team day to day to day, maybe outside of the Trevor versus Paxton, maybe outside of the – there were a lot of Tebow truthers. Zach, I know this predated your time on the Bronco beat, but there were a lot of Bronco uh, Tebow truthers that when the Broncos went out and signed the biggest fish in NFL history, right, Peyton Manning, there was a large swath of Broncos country that, frankly, uh, did not want Peyton Manning. They wanted Tim Tebow to be the guy because it was such a sensational – uh, 2011 season. Do you have memories Dylan of that 2011 campaign with Tebow?
4: Uh, you know, a lot of anxiety, more like it. Um, it's just, I, I, the Tebow mania stuff was great, but I, I never saw it to be sustainable. I mean, I, I've now, I've had a lot of people argue with me that, Oh, in today's system and stuff, but we we're, were we realistically going to wait that long for him to develop? And this new wave of, uh, Offensive coordinators and their systems coming. I don't think so.
3: Go ahead, Zach. I was going to say those those uh, Tebow truthers have rebranded as Brett Rippen truthers because his <laughs> his fan base is wild. Chad, only like Tebow, it's like a Colts. Dylan, I don't want to make any assumptions, but you know where do you stand with the quarterback? Where do you stand? I mean, it's the hot button issue, obviously. Sure. Would you make that trade for Deshaun Watson that we went over? Would you give up the farm and everything on it and replace Drew Locke? if you were GM? What would you do?
4: Man, I could I could see it both ways. You know, there's obviously there's reason to give Drew uh, another year, but me personally, until I see more positives than excuses, I'll believe he's the guy. I'm still pulling for him. I'm not I'm not going to be a hater here, guys. I like, I I don't flip flop or anything, but I kind of I want to stay in the middle and just be optimistic. Uh, as for Watson. God, I'd love to have him. Three first-round picks. I see those as lottery tickets. To I, I see him as more uh, as a sure thing than uh, others might. It just it's going to take more than what that article was was saying. I mean, three first-round picks, a couple seconds. That'll get you in the door. I'm right. not sure if that's going to you know get you in.
2: Yes. Um, that is our concern as well, because it was put to me a certain way by a pretty plugged in dude late last week that it's not just three ones. And you guys might remember me saying this last night, all right, on last night's pod, three ones, two twos, wait, three ones, and, or two, excuse, hold on, let me do this again. Three ones, two twos, and, or two cornerstone players. So it's not ruling out the cornerstone defensive players on top of the five premium round draft picks, which, that just guts your team. And look, if you are Tom Brady, if you are Peyton Manning, maybe you can overcome those holes and that uh, def- deficiency. And you know that's what uh, that's what the truly elite quarterbacks of all time are able to do. And I just think you know I have to I have to I have to disagree a little bit with PFF in that I don't think Watson has proven that. Now, don't get me wrong; I'm with Zach on this. That if you bring in Watson, Dylan, I think you have a short term. Uh, bump. I do think you end up probably being a a factor in 2021. My question is, then what happens beyond this season? Because again, you've gutted your future.
4: Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, I think there's also, when you have the guy at quarterback, there's, uh, even when the turnover happens, because you see in, in five years, the Panthers have, what is it, one uh, one player remaining from that Super Bowl squad and we only have two, there's a lot of turnover there. And if you can get that franchise guy, that makes that turnover just a little easier. But obviously giving up that capital, it it's hard to say like, can you, uh, first round picks are important, but I believe teams are built through the second, third rounds and, and beyond because you, you get one first round pick sometimes too, but just depending but yeah i i see the concern for sure
1: this is the overtime podcast network
0: <laughs> find your next truck at woodhouse buick gmc no matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling there's a premium and capable gmc truck that's perfect for you make a statement on the job site
3: Speaking of that, Dylan, I just want to pick your brain. Assuming they don't make that trade and they hold on to their draft picks, I know it's a kind of a fairly obvious question or answer, but where would you go at number nine overall? Would you hold on to that pick? Would you take Caleb Farley? Would you take an inside linebacker? Again, you're the GM. What would you do?
4: No, not not a lot of people are going to like this. I, I'm more of an advocate for tra- trading down. If we stay at nine. I think Farley's the guy far and away. Um, depending, I. Maybe Trey Lance, but that's that's just that's more on how uh, Peyton feels, obviously. But uh, I, I'm more of a proponent of trading back, just because I know he likes, you know, to have more darts to throw at the dart board. Uh, I could see, uh, like, trading down. Ideally, I would like to try and get uh, someone like uh, Azizo Jilari mm-hmm. or maybe Eric Stokes, and then you could, hey, if, depending on what uh, capital you get. Say you get another second or third round pick, that's just another edge, or maybe even a second corner you could take to add depth to this team, because we're just desperate at corner at this point.
2: Let me ask you this, Dylan. And by the way, I agree with you, tip of the cap to, you know, teams are are teams that win the draft are the teams that don't necessarily, you know, draft rock stars in the first round, but the guys that the teams that win second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth. I mean, look at the 2015 Broncos as a prime example of this, right? Starting center who had played at a Pro Bowl level, Matt Paradis, one year removed from being a sixth-round pick. All right, let's look at the defense. Malik uh, Jackson, I almost said Malik Reed. Malik Jackson, a couple years removed from being a fifth-round pick, starter on defense. Danny Trevathan, a couple years removed from being a sixth-round pick. Brandon Marshall didn't get drafted by the Broncos, but got drafted by Jacksonville in the mid-rounds. And the list goes on, so it's absolutely true that that's what you that's what you risk giving up if you just go hellbent for high water and give up the entire farm going for Watson I understand the allure I understand the allure, but uh it just it scares me a little too much,
4: understandably so. <laughs>
2: The thing is, he's a moderate, though. At least
3: he realizes that you're not supposed to jump ship necessarily on Drew Lock yet. If you have a chance to get Watson, great. But you also realize that it's, you know, to to already discard him, I think, is a little knee jerk as well. So that the fact that you're kind of a centrist when it comes to this discussion is obviously It's actually refreshing to me, Dylan. You're not just in one camp or the other.
4: For sure. And the whole thing with Drew is, I, it would obviously be amazing if he he was the guy. I don't believe it right now. I could see it happening, and uh, obviously you have the offensive coordinator problems with Shermer. Um, I think a lot of the growth that you saw was because Shermer's, and I hate that they said dumb down. It's he he simplified it. It was a you know here's the my base offense instead of at the beginning of the season where it was probably here here's the full offense we're gonna do my full complicated system and whatnot. You just get it simplified and bare bones because that's what the offensive coordinator should do. If your quarterback's struggling, your young quarterback, strip it down, keep things simple. And we saw that from around the Dolphins game on. I think that's where he decided, oh, maybe I should take it a little more seriously. You got a young quarterback, you know.
2: Amen. We got Christy, the queen of MHH, jumping in with a super chat and a message. She says, awesome job, Dylan. Thanks for being a great Broncos fan. And of course, everybody knows Christy, but shout out to, to the queen. Thank you, Christy. Um, All right. Here's one last question for you, Dylan. And then uh, John, if, if it's possible to throw up Chris's super chat again, uh, because I wasn't able to actually address it. We got it on camera, but I want us, I want to grab that again. All right. So your very salient point about how, you know, the way you win the draft is by hitting in the, in the mid to later rounds too. Let me ask you this though with Drew Locke as let's just say the Broncos run it back with Drew, all right? And let's just assume for a second you don't get Von Miller back, all right? So just doesn't end up working out. Um, 5 years of ineptitude, 5 years of the doldrums. George Payton can't afford to be too sentimental at this stage and let's just say he moves on. All right. But you still got Bradley Chubb, you got Malik Reed. Maybe you you maybe they do like you said and they trade back and grab the edge rusher from Georgia, all right? Maybe they, you know, they grab another corner in the second and they start filling those holes in the draft, right? On defense. Meanwhile, you're getting Cortland Sutton back. You're getting Judy in year two. You're getting Fant in year three. You're getting Locke in year two of the Shermer offense. You're getting KJ in year two. You're getting back Albert O. And you filled these holes on, on defense and getting a lot of those injured guys back as well, including Callahan. What would you expect? What would your expectations be for this team with some of those well, some of those holes? Filled with well-made draft picks and maybe a couple of, you know, I'm going to assume Justin Simmons comes back as well. What would you see? What, do you think it would be another crap fest like 2020, or do you think this is a, this would be a competitive outfit?
4: Man, I mean, if we keep that injury bug away, I could see us – well, we have to make the playoffs, right? Like, I mean, it's it's put up or shut up this year, especially for this coaching staff. Um. It's, it's just really depends on it's on Drew Locke this year especially I think um, especially if everyone stays healthy you need, it's and even I'm assuming we take another running back or receiver late because you never know Courtland's contract's coming up who knows if we keep Tim Patrick past this year um, but I, I do think it's mostly on Drew Locke and obviously the defense had its problems as well um, yeah that's how I see that so gun, gun to your
3: head right now, it's February 22nd. I know things can and will change, you know, until September. Where do the Broncos finish next season? Does Fangio retain his job? I'm asking the hard-hitting questions, Dylan, while I got you on here tonight, man.
4: Yeah, man. Jeez. Um, I want to say the helpful part of me says 10-6 and six as the ceiling. Cause I think we still have a pretty young team even going to your second year. It's not like, Oh, it just finally clicks, you know? Um, but again, if who, who knows what drew drew will do, um, it's it just really all hinges on the quarterback position for me.
2: One last super chat message here from Chris Hernandez, who has been on the show before and he's going to be on the show again here in the near future, but appreciate you, Chris. He says, great to see you Dylan. And uh, I got to concur. I got to concur. It's been really fun getting to, to know you a little bit on the show tonight and to yep. chat. I mean, we've, we've gotten to know you a little bit over the years in the chats and whatnot, right? But uh, being able to talk with you before we went live, being able to chat with you tonight here on, uh, on camera and uh, pick your brain a little bit, it's been great. And as we sign off, let me just say we are extremely grateful, Dylan, for all that uh, all of your support, A, and B, your contributions to the community, and also going to bat and and, and helping out in the uh, in the chat as a moderator, and so just understand that we are very grateful to have you as a core member of this community, and 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 we appreciate it all, and and we'll get you back on the show in the near future. And by the way, you crushed it, dude! You did a great job. So thanks for coming on, my friend.
4: Yeah, thank you guys. You know, I'm just glad I have a community to come to every day after work and just talk my favorite football team. That's right. That's
3: what
2: we're here for, man. Throw this man a
3: follow, Broncos country. Uh, John, his his banner is up. At arcs underscore D. Great Broncos fan. Great follow on Twitter. You might want to uh, hop on that if you're on Twitter.
2: Yes, absolutely. Great Twitter follow. Very engaged. And uh, as you can tell, there's a guy that knows what he's talking about when it comes to your Denver Broncos and the draft and the NFL and today's game. So. Dylan, uh, again, it's been a pleasure, and we'll look forward to getting you on the show here in the near future. I mean, we've got a whole off season still to go that's going to be replete with uh, continual superstar segments. So we'll get you back on maybe when there's been a little more movement. We have something more to kind of sink our teeth into and get your take on. But nevertheless, my friend, have a great night, and uh, we'll, of course, circle back and continue the conversation in the chat and on Twitter.
4: All right. Thanks, guys, and thank you, Broncos country. i will talk to you in the chat.
2: All right, my friend, there he goes. Thanks, Dylan. Dylan Vaughn, Art, an absolute stud and uh, just a valuable, valuable member of this community. And uh, it's kind of funny. Like, I don't, I'm not trying to out him a little or, or, or at all. all, right? But sometimes people get a little bit nervous when, you know, the light's going. He's like, I don't know if I'm going to be nervous. He didn't say he was nervous. I don't know if I'm going to be nervous or not. And we're like, no, you'll be fine. Sure enough, crushed it, right? Absolutely crushed it. We're just talking. I told him we're just talking
3: Broncos. We're all just hanging out in the virtual bar, Chad, in these, in these times right now. We're just talking our the sports team that we all invest so much energy and time in. So I thought he did a great job, and he's done so much for our community, Chad. I mean, moderating the comments. If you guys noticed how well Facebook has gone and, and, and the pod has gone, it's because of people like John, people like Dylan. Their
2: contributions to us are invaluable. So we cannot say that enough. As well as – Mr. Boggins, who's gone above and beyond helping out on Facebook as a as a moderator, too. I want to shout him out. And he's going to be back on the show in the near future. So this week, we've got David Kilgore making his debut on the show. Long time, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, super uh, super chat superstar. The following Wednesday is Boggins. All right, Boggins is going to be on again on the third. And then we got Jay Ritchie on the 10th. And by the way, Jay, I didn't get perfect confirmation on that. So maybe maybe you or the missus reach out and double-check double, double check that with me. Uh, and then Chris is going to be Chris Hernandez on the 17th of March. Then Ed Keating on the 24th. 31st, no one is booked because I'm going to be on vacay. But that doesn't mean we won't necessarily have one, but I just kind of want to leave that one open for a minute. And even more to come in April. So uh, we'll, this is fun, man. And I don't know, man. There's a lot of our competitors out there in the podcast realm. Zach, they might be like, why are the analysts bringing on the fans? It's like, dude, we love talking to these guys. Like, this is, and the gals that we bring on this show. Like, we love it. We love to know how they found us, how they became Broncos fans, and the community loves it, too. So, I think this is something that we kind of stumbled onto as a unique aspect of, of what we do. If they have to ask that question, they're
3: already losing the race. That's all I'll say to our competitors. Boom. This is the Overtime
1: Podcast Network. <laughs>
4: At Golden Harvest, our best skill is knowing how to listen. From our Gold Series soybean and
2: game-changing corn portfolios to our expert insights housed in the Illuminate digital agronomy platform, everything we offer is an answer to what we've heard from you. This is how we listen. Copyright
3: 2021 Syngenta. The trademarks or service marks used herein are the property of a Syngenta group company. All other
4: trademarks are the property of their respective owners.
2: Speaking of superstars, we've got Christian in the house. And I'm curious, Christian, do I pronounce your last name De Jesus? All right, let me know, all right? I've always wondered, um, but appreciate you. And this is a guy in enemy territory, all right? This is a cat making his way, crushing it as a professional lifeguard in Vegas, okay? So this guy, he deserves your respect. It seems likely, says Christian, with each passing day that Brittany Boland will succeed her dad in the coming months. Well, if, if uh, Joe Ellis gets what he wants, you better believe it. But this still hasn't gone before that judge. And Beth Bolin and Amy Clemmer, his two oldest, Pat's two oldest daughters, still have a bone to pick. Well,
3: it won't be Jeff Bezos. I think he's going to be buying the Washington football team fairly soon. There's a rumor that he's been negotiating with the the firm that's trying to sell their stakes off. It's probably going to be. I never thought it was going to be an outside buyer for the Broncos. They want to keep it in family if possible. And Brittany Boland compared to Beth Boland-Wallace, there's no contest there. Brittany is
2: the finer choice. All right, John, real quick. So here's what we need. Um, I am at... Uh, let me double check this. Hold on real quick. I am at, I want to say it's Mike. Yes, we need a JT. I'm at about 627 and it's, that's where Mike's at. So there's uh real quick and then we'll grab JT. We've got uh, in between that, we've got team Jokic, Chris P who you flashed, but I still want to shout him out. Uh, and then we should be good. All right. From there where I'm at. So JT, everyone knows JT had him on the show last week. Another superstar segment that was just absolutely crushed Phenomenal. out of the park so yes, sir. love you bro good to see you uh hope the baby and the fam are doing well he says Peyton needs to ask himself uh is Watson generational are we four are we Watson away from a Super Bowl do we have the pieces in place both on offense and defense to feel okay giving up the price for Watson I'm going no to all that's where I'm at, dude. And maybe uh, if you haven't, go read my article on this PFF mock today because I grasp at those <clears throat> same issues, All right, those very same issues. And it's interesting because we we uh, showed you last night, we played the Justin Simmons, the clip from Justin Simmons live stream. We even built an article around it, <clears throat> excuse me, that we published last night at mylinehuddle.com. Go give it a read. Justin Simmons was about to call him, Watson, a generational talent, but he stopped himself, Zach, here he went, He's a Jenner, and then he went moved on to a different thing. I don't know why he chose to stop himself there, but is he a generational talent? I think Patrick Mahomes is a generational right. talent. Watson, not there yet. To, for me, I'm not willing to, to quite call him that, although he is a good young QB. I mean, there's a lot to love about this dude. It's not like if the Broncos did land him, they're getting some kind of chopped liver. I mean, this dude is a star. He is a stud. And by the way, what up, Cody?
3: does generational is that synonymous with hall of fame level talent because to me deshaun watson's not a hall of fame level talent i think he's a top five quarterback i'll say it again but is he a mahomes no is he a manning no and I just think his worth overall is a little inflated because of what he's been put through in Houston. But generational talents, Chad, aren't just one and two in the playoffs. Generational talents lift their team, despite everything else, past a 4-12 and record. And I know it's going to be misinterpreted. Everything I say is about Deshaun Watson. Unless you praise him and get on your knees, then you're bad and you're on the wrong. I'm just not quite there yet. JT, I agree with the premise of what you're saying. He's a phenomenal quarterback. But is he generational? What's one tier below that, Chad?
2: excellent that's where i think deshaun watson is i think that's fair i mean look he's if he was that guy why didn't he take a bottom 10 team um like the texans last year and why weren't they more of a force to be reckoned with notwithstanding all their holes right because if you're that if you are that force to be reckoned with if you are the tide that raises all ships what makes you think he couldn't do it in houston in 2020 but he could do it in denver oh, well, it's just a different team. And there's some truth to that. This is not the – I think the Broncos are a lot more – they're they're better positioned. let's just say, from a talent perspective, especially on offense, for a guy like Watson to step in and that offense just rocket into the stratosphere. But defensively, they have some pieces. They have the Chubbs. They have the Simmons. We'll see. Uh, Vaughn, we'll see what happens there. But Houston had some defensive pieces last year as well. I mean – kind of more sparsely inner, inner, you know, sparsely situated there. But nevertheless, there are more similarities between the 2020 Texans and the 2021 Broncos than people, I think those fans who are just pining and hoping against hope, are willing to acknowledge that. That's
3: what I was going to say. It's like for all you can't say he's led Houston to division titles and all this playoff success and then exonerate him for only being one and two. If he was that good, despite the coaching, despite everything else, he'd have a better record overall. And we're only focusing, and this is why his worth is a little inflated this off season is everyone is focusing on the dumpster fire that the Texans became. But a few years ago, they were not a dumpster fire, Chad. They had JJ Watt. They had Deshaun Watson. They had DeAndre Hopkins. They had talent on both sides of the ball and they were a perennial contender it's just that Deshaun Watson never got him over the edge even in his prime or even in the prime of the Texans the previous regime so again he is
2: amazing he's a phenomenal quarterback but generational I think I would stop just short of that I would too let's grab this super chat from another one of our great uh long listeners a Mount Rushmore cat and Dave hey dude you're retired now by the way congrats I know I've told you that before but congrats hope you're enjoying retirement We've never had you on the show, so if you'd like to come on the show, you reach out. You know how to get a hold of me, and we'll set up a time. Well, you know we prefer Wednesdays if at all possible, but if not, we can just like tonight with Dylan, we can work around it. Uh, but reach out, my friend. We'd love to to get to chat with you a little bit. But he says Watson can't win with what the Broncos would have to give up, especially with the current coaching staff. Yeah, I mean that's look, and someone uh, can't. By the way, again, thank you, Dave. Someone came at me over, uh, some, what was it on YouTube? I think it was a comment on YouTube that I'm 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 hating too much on Vic Fangio, or I'm not giving him enough love and respect. And look, I think for what it's worth, Zach, Vic Fangio is. I've been pretty consistent on this. Okay, this is not like new. Vic Fangio is one of the top five defensive minds in the in the NFL currently, bar none. All right, top five, he's there. All right. But is he a top five head coach? Two losing seasons tells you no. We already know the answer to that. Why? Why isn't he a top five head coach? Well, we've seen it. You know, Uh, the problems with juggling the the game day decisions, the in-game decisions, uh, some questionable coaching firings and hirings, uh, some questionable player decisions too, like the weird way that Drew was handled in his rookie year, uh, the weird back and forth with Bosby. Some of the players that have, that were allowed to continue seeing the field despite constantly stepping on their own, you know what, with a guy that was perceived to be as good, if not maybe better, waiting in the wings that he could have stepped in. Just a lot of stupid little things that over time have, have contributed to him not being that top five head coach. But I'm not completely off Fangio either in terms of saying that he couldn't become that. Like, you know, most human beings we learn through trial and error. All right, you learn way more by failure than you do by success, believe it or not. All right, you might hear that at, you know, Anthony Robbins seminars, but it's true. All right, you learn more from failures than you do success. And if that's the case that, I mean, by this point 2 years in, Vic Fangio has a PhD and head coach NFL. So at some point you would hope that that would serve him as the Broncos head man. I think he's flunking his PhD
3: for NFL head coach. He's closer to a bottom five head coach than he's a top five head coach. And you pair that with a bottom five special teams coordinator in Tom McMahon, a bottom five offensive coordinator in Pat Shermer, what is the allure? And if Deshaun Watson does come here and it wouldn't, he would sign off on it, but the Texans have to agree to the trade as well. If he's shipped here and the Broncos don't go on to have success, if Fangio coaches smaller, Pat Shermer, God forbid continues to be Pat Shermer, What, what is stopping Deshaun Watson from doing the same thing? he's doing now in Houston and doing in Denver and forcing his way out in a few years. There's no guarantee just like first round picks. It's a lottery. You know, you never know what you're going to get. There's no guarantee that Deshaun Watson is going to lead the Broncos to a title or even a division crown. He did it one time in 2019. Incidentally enough, the AFC South at that time wasn't as strong. And that's when Andrew Luck retired from the Colts. So I'm not going to say it was an easy path to a division title, but he's done it once to call him generational or lump him in with Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes is hyperbole. And and, and to me, an inflation of his own worth.
2: Yeah, It's, it's a bridge too far. You know, it really is. Team Jokic Christian in the house has become a bona fide superstar and quick too. I mean, Christian came out of, uh, you know, he's, he's, I don't want to say left field, but he came out of nowhere, so to speak. Like so many of our great superstars have over the years, Zach, they, you know, they go from being listeners to boom, and then they're active in the community, boom, then they're superstars. But, Christian, it has been great to have you. We appreciate your support, and it's been cool as well to connect with you on Twitter. He says, I hate all the holes in the defense narrative by only Zach. Only uh, me. Last, I'm year. the only one that ever brought that narrative up. Hold on, hold on. Only by Zach. Last year, our DV, DVOA on defense ranked 14th overall, with half our defense on IR with Watson. Uh, we will still have an elite offense and an above average defense I think that's there's listen Zach there is that's a a place where Vangio deserves some credit because his his coaching acumen was as a defensive guy was able to cover some of those holes but Christian to defend my co-host here my partner, are you are you rebutting the notion that the Broncos defense doesn't have some pretty serious and significant holes right now I mean is that what you're saying i'm I'm trying I'm looking for clarity. It's not my opinion. It's not a myth. It's not
3: a theory. It's not some conspiracy against you know Deshaun Watson or the Broncos. They have various holes throughout their roster. And even if they resign Shelby Harris, they're probably going to cut Terrell Casey. They need defensive linemen. They cut AJ Boye. Bryce Callahan's no guarantee. They need inside linebackers. They need help on every level of the defense. They need help on every level of the offense. For the most part, uh, again. Yeah. Would Deshaun Watson be good in Denver? Yes, of course. Is he a good quarterback? Yes, but is there any guarantee? I see this in the comments as well. And and real quick, uh, ML, nice to see you. Keep Hayden. I appreciate you. There's no guarantee Deshaun Watson will be here for ten years. There's no guarantee he's going to lead them to a title. So it works both ways. I, I'm going to
2: always poke holes in both sides of
3: the argument, Chad. There, there's a there's a middle ground to to fall on here.
2: Indeed. Quick shout-out to Cody for the stars, all right, to Brad Murdoch, also one of our supporters. By the way, Cody, consider becoming a supporter, my friend, and get access to Kelberman's Corner and other VIP content. We got Charles as well. Thank you for those stars. We do appreciate you. Uh, a lot of supporters in there. Uh, Drew, love. Hey, man, We next step, become a supporter. Appreciate you, dog. Uh, real quick, because we I should probably start doing this more often, Zach, in terms of we've tried to find a way because – Unfortunately, with StreamYard, it, they, you can post um, su- uh, Super Chats and put them on screen. Star comments on Facebook at this point, there isn't a way to do that. And so this is maybe the best workaround. But Drew, thank you for those stars. That's a three-week streak. Really, really appreciate it, my friend. Uh, and then it wants to kind of freeze. Hold up, hold up real quick. I'll, I'll come back to a few, but uh, appreciate each and every one of you on Facebook. Uh, let's grab here. Mike Evans. And by the way, Mike, um, our correspondence. I'm going to be touching base with you tonight. So um, look for that email. Appreciate you. Bonafide superstar. Got the stadium in the background. Huddle up podcast t-shirt. He's Mike Evans. Would you recommend to George Payton, asks Mike, to keep or cut Jarrell Casey? And how would your advice impact the future of the D-line Appreciate y'all. That's a really good question, Zach. You you start on this one.
3: I think we differ on that a little bit. I think you would be more inclined to keep Jarrell Casey at a reduced salary, where I'm more inclined to kind of cut bait and put that money and those resources toward paying Shelby Harris, um, drafting defensive linemen, replenishing through the draft. You have some veterans there. You have to add some youth as well. There's a reason why, and I I was maybe ignorant or blind to this at the time then because I thought it was such a steal for Elway to get a five-time Pro Bowler for a seventh-round pick, but there's a reason why a five-time Pro Bowler went for a seventh-round pick, and he showed that last year that he's entering, I believe, the back nine of his career, Jarrell Casey. He's just not worth his money. I don't think he's ever going to be the star he once was, and again, I put those resources toward hashtag pay Shelby. Yeah,
2: I would be interested in keeping Jarrell but I don't think the level I'd be interested or Peyton for that matter. We'll see. I could be wrong on this with Peyton, but I'll just speak for myself. I don't think the level, by the way, Chris P. Appreciate that super chat. He says, you're doing a good job. Thank you, my friend. Share this video out if that's, the, if, if that's your opinion. Uh, but my, val, my my I'd be willing to pay him like five, six million bucks if he wanted to stick around on a contract like that. But because he is a five-time Pro Bowler, even though his teeth are getting a little long, right? He's getting some gray in that beard. I think he'd be more inclined to say thanks, but no thanks. I'm gonna test the market based on my resume. I think I can get more than that. At which point, I'd say peace out, catch you later, Shelby Harris. Here's your multi-year deal. So it's not a it's not for me a complete um, no or or non starter for that matter. It's just it would it definitely would be conditional, Zach. No doubt about it. I think he'd want
3: to play for a contender too. The only way he's going to take less money is for a team that's going to let him compete for a title. And, you know, again, those resources you'd save from cutting him, it wouldn't just be Shelby Harris. The money you have left over can go toward Justin Simmons. You can pay other people on the roster. It's That's what I would do. I would want
2: to get younger at that position, not get older. Gary, thank you for the stars, my friend. That's a that's a four-week streak. Dude, you are crushing it. Drew, again, with three-week streak. Appreciate you guys. All right, let me see where we're at here. Uh, and by the way, Christian, no hard feelings, Doug. I mean, that's one of the great things about this community and being a part of a community. It's like being a part of a family. Sometimes you're going to disagree. Sometimes you'll go at it a little bit. It's like my, it's like my teenage sons, man, if you didn't know any better, sometimes during the day, you'd think these two are arch enemies, right? And then they sit down at the dinner table at six o'clock or whatever. And, you know, how's your day? Oh, cool. Yeah. What about this chicken school? You know, they start talking like they're, you know, they're like their brothers because they are. That's how it is. So we might not always see eye to eye, but just understand that uh, we do we do love you. So let me see where we're at here. We are at 46 minutes. So we got a little bit of time. We're good, but we do kind of kind of keep this one tight because I I got an event that I gotta I gotta take care of this evening. And and so let's grab this one uh, from Chris, and then I want to grab one here from Leroy on Facebook. Uh, blue raw. No, it's okay. Throw him back on, John. Um, where'd he go? There he is. He says uh, – thank you, Chris. He says, I watched some film on Malik Reed. I'd be content with letting Vaughn walk. I wouldn't be the happiest, but I'd be okay with it. Zach, obviously you're ready to, to jump on this one. Go ahead.
3: No, I mean, I was going to say it's a hot take alert, but I, I'm a, I, I think I'm higher on Malik Reed than you are. I don't necessarily – I don't rank him that high where I'm willing to let Vaughn walk, and I'm comfortable letting Vaughn walk because we have Malik Reed. I'd rather have him as an option with another guy platooning or, or behind another guy. He's a great number 3 outside linebacker to have, a great pinch starter, but not a guy that you let a perennial pro bowler, Hall of Famer, future Hall of Famer walk away from because you have him on the roster. They can get more out of him. I mean, he was, what, an eight-sack guy last year? Led the team. He- is that what he is? that what he? I mean, he could be a 10 sack guy with a better season. You always want to have those guys, but do I see a multi-year
2: starter, a linchpin to Bradley Chubb? I'm not quite there yet. and a lot of people because, you know, Shaq never got 8 sacks in a single season in Denver, all right? And he played on some phenomenal defenses, right? In as a Bronco. And so, people go, "Well, Malik Reed could be the next Shaq Barrett." Maybe. I'm not ruling that out. I don't see it. I see Malik Reed as a very, very very limited edge rusher. I think in a perfect world, he's your third or fourth guy. He's not your linchpin that you, that you go to war with and just, you know, rest on your laurels saying we got Chubb. We got Malik. We're good to go in the same way that you would. If it was, we got Chubb, we got Vaughn. We're good to go. So if you did move on from Vaughn, it's good that you have that experience now. And a veteran that has shown he can produce in the league. All right. But he's not there yet, especially as a run defender. And seriously, a lot of those rushes that, that Malik Reid, uh, those sacks, I should say, that Malik Reed got in 2020, Zach, so many of them were ended up being coverage sacks. I mean, even for Chubb, by the way, a lot of them were those coverage sacks. It's not like Von Miller in his peak and at his prime and what most people think of in their mind's eye when you hear the name Von Miller of a dude straight winning his one-on-one, whether it's bending the edge and blowing by the tackle or winning on a power move inside, You didn't see that type of just straight up taking a man, moving him against his will, and winning the rep from Malik or Chubb, which is why I think we were a little bit surprised Chubb got the Pro Bowl. But still, hats off to him. We're stoked to see Chubb get that PB.
3: Yeah, and the thing about Vaughn and even Shaq Barrett to an extent is they were better against the run than Malik Reed is. When you said limited outside linebacker, he's a decent pass rusher, but he's not great against the run. So he's a rotational guy in a best case scenario, a starting guy in a worst case scenario.
1: But think of this. if Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration's pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children Paid for by America First Legal.
3: One of those trade scenarios went through. The Broncos are looking at starting Malik Reed an outside linebacker opposite who? If they like, get rid of Von Miller and Bradley Chubb, it's Malik
2: Reed and fill in the blank. That's not a great situation to be in. No doubt about it. All right, let's uh, grab this from Leroy, one of our dedicated listeners and members of our Facebook community. Appreciate you, Leroy. He says, go with Locke. If the other teams are not in the sweepstakes to get Watson, trade for him next year. By then, Fangio and Pat Shermer will be gone and Peyton can bring in his own head coach. What do you guys think? That's probably the plan. Yeah. I still am of the opinion, I'm more inclined to run it back one more year with Drew. And like we talked about when Dylan was on with us, invest right now in the draft in filling your, your holes. You know, do the, also in free agency. I mean, you got to get Simmons back. You got to get Harris back if you can. But other than that, man, use the draft to really bolster your, your roster, and you're going to get a lot of guys who were injured last year back. And I think you can win with Drew, and you have a little bit of hope. You have a little bit of optimism. It's not something that you can bank on, but it's a little bit of hope that the 18 starts that he now has under his belt, Zach, and the year in full year under his belt in Schirmer's scheme, and all that will serve him. Year three, maybe not the big pop guy like we were hoping he might be last year, but in ter- but still a competent, capable starter who can go out there and surprise you. Like if you got the ver- if you got Drew Locke week eleven through week seventeen in twenty twenty one with the guys back that I just mentioned from health and then also uh, from injury and then also the draft, I think that's a that's a 9, 10, 11 win team if you get that version of Drew. The problem is we don't know if you're going to get that because Drew did show. Just enough erraticism last year, Zach, to be alarming to a point where you can't really count on him. You can't set your watch to him. You don't know yet what version of Drew you're going to get on a given game day. I just, I know it's not
3: fashionable or favorable right now or popular to say status quo is going to reign supreme in Denver this season, but that is exactly what it's looking like. And it borrowing a blockbuster trade that we've never seen before in the NFL for Deshaun Watson. It never made sense to me, Chad, that a first time general manager would come in and be stuck with a lame duck head coach. And that's what Vic Fangio is. Unless he makes the playoffs, he will be fired. You have a lame duck offensive coordinator, maybe a lame duck quarterback. It makes no sense to have those factors and bring in Deshaun. Watson on top of all of it. So I, so I got a comment here from Tyler. I'm not going to pull it up. He said, Watson won't be available for trade next offseason. He will be traded before that. That may be true, but we didn't know Deshaun was going to be, be available this offseason a year ago. You don't know next year who's going to be up for trade. It could be Russell Wilson. It could be you know Aaron Rodgers. We don't know yet, but run it back with Drew. Run it back with the coaching staff. If it doesn't work out, Peyton has the autonomy, which he will, and execute it to fire everyone out of the building, pink slip everyone, and start over with his guys from the coaches to the quarterbacks. On down.
2: I would uh, see what I could do to keep all uh, Bill Kolar and Mike Munchak, though, for what it's worth. Yes. Um, Two exceptions. Right. Uh, real quick, before we grab Levi, John, uh, as we approach the 53 minute mark, after Levi, we need Willie, Anthony, Rogue Theory, John, James, DeHain, and then one more Levi, and then we're good to go. And uh, we got to keep this one kind of tight tonight, guys, because of my schedule. So apologies on that. Levi. Love you, bro. Can't wait to get you on the show. He says, I like Locke, and I like Watson. I'm just ready for Watson to go somewhere so we can all move on and support whoever is our quarterback. We feel you on that. We really do. Yes.
3: (laughs) I feel you on a spiritual level. I want this resolved one way or the other. Because every podcast now, Chad, every video we do, every article is Deshaun Watson. It's kind of just muddying the
2: waters a little bit. I would love to be able to transition fully to free agency and the draft and the speculation. But this is a, it's like something, a burr under your saddle, you know, something stuck in your craw. Like the news cycle is not allowing us to get off the Deshaun Watson thing. So I feel you on that leave. I really do. Uh, Willie superstar. Love you, bro. He says, if you give up everything for Watson, you got to let coaches go too. we won't be competitive a, uh, a year or two, but better be ready year or two or three at the latest, uh, latest, excuse me. Um, if you give up everything for Watson, you got to let coaches go too. I'm not sure what he means by that. Yeah. With Philly though, you know, in terms of, uh, I think you're one again, if you do land Watson and you're George Payton, I think because of some of the guys that were hurt last year that you're getting back, there's a solid – I think there's a good, better-than-average chance that you'll be a factor in 2021. But then I worry about what comes next in 2022 and beyond because you just gutted your 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 draft war chest, for lack of a better term. Uh, real quick here. Go ahead, Zach. Real quick. You make
3: that trade when you're going to win a title in a year or two, not to be competitive in a year or two. If they wait that
2: long and they make that trade, Deshaun Watson will do the same thing he's doing in Houston in Denver. Uh, Dylan, by the way, jumping into the chat to say – Quarterback allows consistency when there is roster turnover over four or more years. The real question is, can you keep a good team together while you find that QB? That is the question. And up to this point, obviously, John Elway proved he was not up to that particular task. Hence, um, you know, the new GM, Dina Dreath. Hi, all Broncos fan from Perth, Australia. Wow, wow Good to see you. Appreciate you. What time is it there? It's like the next day, isn't it? It's the next day. like Wednesday by now. Thank you. (laughs) yeah. Anthony Baldelli, appreciate the super chat. Connect with us on Twitter. With Watson, you're not just losing draft capital. He also carries a big cap hit. Good point. Not this season, but next. If Locke pans out, he's not going to be as expensive. Well, that's a good point, Anthony, but it still ends up being a – Pretty close to six's proposition because if Locke works out, depending on how you define Locke working out, let's just say he emerges as a top 15 quarterback. Let's just say like that's like pretty – You almost everyone could agree. What's what's your version of Locke working out? Top 15 quarterback. All right, cool. Well, his this is year three. By this time next year, the Broncos are going to have to start thinking about an extension. And if he is a top 15 quarterback, guess what those quarterbacks cost now? 30 million bucks. At least, yeah, so, and rising. You know, it is what it is. But that's the that that's a problem. It's like a you hear that phrase. It's a good problem to have. Almost every GM would love to have that problem, where you're figuring out how to keep your um, top 15 quarterback and pay him 30 plus million dollars to be competitive. It's a got man league.
3: Didn't we to the the previous question about Dylan though that he asked? To keep a good team competitive until you find a quarterback, it, I know it may be a little of a stretch, but didn't the Bucks just do that with Tom Brady? They fielded a defense that took down Mahomes. They needed a quarterback to get them there, but there is, there's big examples of, of a lot of teams. The Ravens, for example, until they got Lamar Jackson. Even the Titans, until they got Ryan Tannehill in the lineup. You can keep a competitive winning team until you find that franchise quarterback but drew lock we just don't know what he is yet is he bottom five top five top 10 top 15 that is the question we're not advocating because he's drew lock and he deserves immunity to be the quarterback forever
2: but we want to see what he is we want a concrete answer before we we judge one way or the other well said um one of our newer friends one of our newer superstars rogue theory josh in the house good to see you bro he says, sorry, I'm late, guys. Out and about this afternoon, just showing some love. Keep up the good work, guys. No more Watson talk for me. Hashtag lock and load. Love it, dude. Appreciate, Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Um, John Houston, James, and Dayhan, John, and then we're current with where I'm at. Uh, while you're pulling those up, let me grab. Oh, you got John. See this producer, born a Beast. All right, John. Thank you, my friend. Really appreciate your support over the over the years. He says, imagine trading the farm for Watson. Three years of first-round picks, then we lost for two years due to massive holes, and then he wants out of Denver. Did it once. I know. I feel you.
3: What do they say? I'm, and again, I'm not attacking his character. I'm making a reference to him as a football player. But what do they say about cheaters, Chad? That they'll always do it again? Right. Right. They do it to you once, or if it happens to you once, never get in bed with a cheater because you'll get cheated on. And that's the same yeah. thing that they'll do. That Deshaun Watson. If they don't win here in two years, two, three years, what is stopping him, especially with his contract? He doesn't have a 10-year deal like Mahomes. His contract is coming up in a few years. And if you align his contract with a losing record or lack
2: of, of uh, playoff success, it's going to get ugly in the Mile High yeah. City. Well said. James Moss jumping in. Thank you, my friend. Good to see you in the chat tonight. Appreciate your support. He says, young coaches have more success because they're innovative and can adjust to players. Old coaches stuck in their ways will not win. They can't let go. I feel you in a general sense, James, but Wade Phillips is a good example of a older coach that figured out how to vibe with kind of the new, the new school. You know, when he came in, he was a chewed up and spit out three time NFL head coach, if you count his interim status in Dallas, or uh, was it interim? No, he was head coach, Head either way. He was old news. He was an afterthought. In fact, John Elway and Gary Kubiak wanted Vance Joseph, the secondary coach of the Cincinnati Bengals, to be the defensive coordinator in 2015. But the Bengals blocked him. And so they said, well, hey, Kub's like, hey, look, I have a working history with, with Wade. So do you, John. Let's bring in Wade. And it just happened to be, boom, perfect timing because that defense was just, all it needed was weight. So there are some uh, exceptions to that rule, but I do feel you. I do feel you. Uh, We got here, Levi, again. Thank you, bro. He says, if we do release Vaughn, do you think he would be petty and join a team in our division to go against the Broncos? I do. I could see him signing with the Chiefs. That's what he's thinking, right? Chargers, join Chris Harris Jr. There, he has Herbert. I mean, I could see him
3: joining the Chargers and being listened. We have a young quarterback. I'm back with Chris Harris Jr. Kind of rekindling the gang, getting it back together. But I don't know. I, I could. I, I don't see him playing in Vegas though. I don't see him playing for the Raiders. I think he does naturally hate them. The Chiefs though, with Von Miller, that'd be that'd be a double whammy for Denver because I think he still has gas left in the tank, and him and
2: providing that gas to the Chiefs, not a good situation. Yeah, I could see it though. And as much as I hate the idea, you see it all the time. I mean, Chris left Denver, went to LA. Um, There are countless examples of players when they defect from their original team, they go to a, they go to, and, and the reason why is those opposing GMs and head coaches they're used to scheming against that player twice a year. And so they know how valuable they are. And so they end up being the ones more interested oftentimes Dehan jumping in. Thank you for that very generous, super chat. He says, I think the only way Watson comes to Denver on draft day uh, is on draft day. And if a QB is still on the board at nine that Houston wants, if Watson only wants San Fran or Denver, he won't go to the jets, Finns or Panthers because of his no trade clause. I feel you on the uh, no trade thing, because that's one thing that we, I questioned last night, Zach, during one of our conversations, appreciate the shout out Albert for Kellerman's corner. Um, I don't understand the allure of the, Jets. I can understand the allure of the Dolphins because there are some pieces there. And the coaching staff, I mean, they earned my props last year. Uh, the Carolina missed me on Carolina. If I'm Deshaun Watson, the only thing that makes me somewhat interested in Carolina, if I'm Deshaun Zach, is the division is is lacking a true juggernaut, especially if Drew Brees does retire as expected. That's a good point. Yeah, I didn't
3: consider that. He'd have some pieces on offense too. If they don't trade McCaffrey in that deal for him, they would have two great wide receivers, an offensive mind, and Joe Brady. It's very creative, and he he tends to gravitate toward that. Chad. That's why you're questioning about the young coaching staff in Salah. He he had a coordinator Deshaun Watson in Houston this year named Tim Kelly, a young innovative mind, and that's one of the reasons why I'm kind of arguing against the Denver trade because he's going to come here and go from that innovation and creativity to dot dot dot. Pat Shermer and all those other teams listed for him have creative minds. If it's
2: between Denver or San Francisco, there's no question to me at all. No debate. John, I literally had just turned to the chat to begin typing Edward and then boom, it flashed on the screen. So that means we're sharing a brain. Oh, yeah. Appreciate you, Edward. And um, as I mentioned earlier in the show, we are looking forward to having you uh, in a couple of weeks time. So really appreciate your generosity. He says, let them hate Zach. I agree with you. Watson might do the same to the Broncos as what he's doing with the Texans. Now keep up the great, the good work guys uh, Denver Broncos for life. Appreciate you doc. Thank you. Yeah, it's a concern. It's a concern. You know, you got to worry about it. Uh, Mr. Castillo. And I apologize. We got a rapid fire from here. Cause I do have to go. Uh, love you. Mr. Castillo connect on Twitter. He says, how important are first rounders outside of the top 10? Anyway, name more than one on the team on their second contract, not a top five player named bond and more than two. That made all pro in the last 10 years. Or, or if we're just keeping it with Denver. Okay. Um, well, the top two outside of the top 10. All right. So Noah Fant, right? He's um, still on his first year or first contract. But here's the thing on that, Mr. Castillo John Elway, across the league, people scratching their chins going, What the heck? How come this dude never re signs his own guys? There's a total of five dudes. John Elway drafted that got a second contract. So you don't want to use John Elway and the Broncos recent track history of keeping their own as any kind of guiding light on this very topic. I, I was going to say, it says more
3: about the Broncos than it does the the argument you're trying to construct there. And why is all-pro suddenly the barometer now? By that standard, Deshaun Watson is not worth it because he was never an all-pro. Meanwhile, Bradley Chubb was a pro bowler. So the Broncos haven't had great drafting in, in, in that specific criteria, but you have to look at the situation with the Broncos. Up until the last three years, Elway was crap at drafting. Let's be honest here. He really was a bad drafter, and on top of that, he was adverse to signing his own players. When you combine those two mindsets, Chad, it's not a great uh, situation or ingredient for success.
2: Dale, a bona fide superstar, wow. Mount Rushmore guy. This is not the first time he's shown this level of generosity on this show and uh, or to this channel, to our our community and All we can tell you, Dale, is we love you. We appreciate you. It just means so much to us. And we'd love to have you on the show at some point. So um, reach out to me. You know how to correspond, milehighhuddle at gmail.com, and let's set up a time. It'd be great to have you on and get to know you a little bit and pick your brain on these issues and how you became a Broncos fan. I don't know if you're from Hawaii, but you're living in Hawaii, how that happened. It would be so much fun. So reach out to us. And seriously, dude, thank you so much, Dale. He says no to Watson. Locke is a work in progress, but he made a lot of great throws. His TD to interception ratio are not much as a telltale sign of a franchise versus bust. But when you see a rookie or a sophomore uh, quarterback having games where he makes three and four passing touchdowns in a game, it's a great sign. Great to be here. Love you, buddy. Appreciate you. It's interesting because, oh, and here he goes on. Wow. Thank you again, Dale. By the way, you can check the game logs of all the greats versus the bus. <laughs> fact, check that. All right, I'll check it out. I'll definitely check it out. Yeah. Um, it's interesting you bring up touchdown to interception because, you know, Locke gets dragged through the mud and clowned for, for being amongst the lead league uh, league leaders in Interceptions Act, right? But th- we're not talking Jameis Winston who, you know, cup, half of his, his TDI and ratio completely inverted. Drew did throw one more touchdown than interception last year. All right. Wow. Thank you, Dale. Love you, bro. Smash the like button. Appreciate it. And then you go, Oh yeah, but what about his lost fumbles? Huh? Well, turns out he had 18. If you count the fumbles and the interceptions, he had 18 giveaways, Zach, but guess how many touchdowns he was responsible for when you count rushing touchdowns, 19. So he was still plus one, which considering the Zach, considering the, uh, mountain of obstacles he had to overcome last year, I think is something to hold on to. I think that's a silver lining that can be a positive harbinger that the doom, the lock doomers right now, just, they don't want to hear it. They just want off lock because there's a top 10 pick. And if not that a Deshaun Watson potentially there for the taking.
3: And the lock doomers all have the one commonality and that's glancing over the box score and looking at the box score as their God, as the all knowing barometer of success, where if you look to the box score, you look at a game like the Patriots game where his receivers dropped pass after pass after pass. If you look at the games and you watch the Broncos like we do, Chad, you would notice the offensive play calling was not at all in tune for what a young quarterback like Locke should have been through last year, the pandemic, the injuries, the offensive line play there were so many factors that go beyond the stats and beyond the stat, you know, stat sheet. And if you look at that objectively, you would see that he's not a bust yet, nor is he the franchise quarterback. The truth is in the middle, which is where
2: Locke is. But Dale's point, And again, Dale reach out. Let's get you on the show is that there's enough there. There've been enough signs there to run it back one more year with him, at least to say, look, let's try this again with, with all of his weapons and with one more year in the scheme. And I agree with you on that. Chris P. Thank you, my friend. I really got to hurry through the rest of these. He says, one more for Kelberman's rant. Spot on. The best take, hey, Chris. in my opinion. Appreciate, Appreciate you, dog. Um, John, Black Knight. Oh, there's Jeremy. Jeremy, you're another guy, dude. When are we getting you on the show? When are we getting you on, dude? Let's do it. Reach out. You know how to do it. Appreciate your super chat. If Elway's ego was not as big as his head, he would have done a hard reset and turned the roster over post-Super Bowl 50 and started over. The Broncos are in this mess because of it. Whatever happens at this point happens. I agree that Elway fooled himself into thinking, Zach, he was that one middle-of-the-road quarterback away from winning it all. It
3: was To me, though, I think the bigger gaffe there was the hiring of Vance Joseph. I mean, beyond any quarterback selection or quarterback gaffe, you had a chance to really reset your roster there and find the right guy. You passed on Kyle Shanahan to hire Vance Joseph, and that set the, the team back, Chat at least five years now. And when Vance calls it a reboot and not a rebuild, I think that was a mistake as well. You needed a rebuild at that moment, and if you would have taken one by now, we wouldn't be staring at a playoff deficit, a playoff streak. Chad, we'd be talking about the relevancy of the Broncos.
2: It's all, it was almost unforgivable, Zach, to hire BJ over Kyle. I mean, almost unforgivable. But there's a little something, something that leads me to believe that wasn't all Elway's decision. I think there was probably some reticence on the part of the CEO of the club. This is this is me. This is not me reporting. This is me speculating. Okay. To hire the son of Mike Shanahan, who up to that point, to this day, Mike Shanahan and Joe Ellis are not good friends. All right. They kind of have a um adversarial relationship, let's put it that way. So I'm always gonna wonder, Zach, if John Elway left to his own devices, had carte blanche on the hiring one hundred percent, which we know he didn't. He had to go, he had to get approval from Joe Ellis on this, on the coaching side. What do you have hired, Kyle Shanahan? We'll never know. But Andy Young, I, we got to hurry here. So thank you, Andy. Um, we'll connect on Twitter, dog. He says, "Would love to see a roundtable podcast with all the staff on MHH." Grab some popcorn. See Nick and Zach talk about oh. fire. Yeah, we're uh, we we've got some plans in the works to get Zach and Nick on a show together where they can kind of hash out some of their um, their uh, Drew Locke uh, exercise those demons for lack of a it. Better. Wouldn't stay family friendly for very long. That's all I'll <laughs> yeah. say. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll put it on
3: like Patreon. Yeah, We, we need pay-per-view. You know? Forget Patreon, yeah. Fab. We're charging like 65 bucks. We're about to throw hands, Nick and I, over Drew Locke.
2: Double W.E. <laughs> um, Dennis Woods, thank you, my friend. This is the last one that we got to go. So thank you for that super. He says, appreciate uh, appreciate you guys so much. I learned a lot from you both. And Dennis, by the way, as well, if you want to come on the show, I mean, you're in, you've been with us a long time. You've been supporting the show a long time. As a superstar, we'd love to get you on if you're interested and don't get too, um, you know, overwhelmed with the no- – all you need is do you have a smartphone? If not, and or do you have a tablet or a laptop? All right, from there, that's all you need. We'll take it from there, and it's it's pretty, pretty painless for you. So if you want to reach uh, – if you'd like to come on the show, reach out. We'd, we'd love to have you on. So all right, guys, that's got to do it for tonight's episode of the Huddle Up podcast. Thanks and big love to Dylan for coming on the show. Mile high salute to that superstar. Really appreciate you. We'll get you back on again. That was a ton of fun. Uh, It was great getting getting to know you a little bit there. But guys, please subscribe on YouTube, Apple, wherever you're listening, Spotify, iHeart, wherever your preferred choice is. Just make sure you're subscribed, and especially for YouTube, because I can't tell you how often our DMs are blown up by great members of the community going, Hey, when are you going live? Hey, when are you going live? Hey, when are you going live? Well, look, you don't ever have to question for two reasons. One, it's the same time, seven days a week, 6 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Eastern, All right? Two, even if you forget that, that's okay. If you're subscribed on YouTube and you click the bell, your phone will notify you the second we go live. So make sure you do that. And please, guys, before you dip out, like this video. It helps us tremendously. It's a small thing that you can do to help us in a big way. And if we did a good job for you, share it out there. And then also, guys, follow on Twitter at Huddle up Pod at Mile High Huddle. My partner Zach Calverman, as you can see on the screen here, at Calverman NFL. Myself at Chad and Jensen, and then our producer John K MHH on Twitter at John K MHH. And by the way, guys, follow again. Oh, I forgot to do it because I got caught up in the excitement of Dylan. We do have winners from the randomly selected uh, followers and likers of the huddle up podcast, Facebook page. We're, we'll put a pin in that till Wednesday. We'll announce that on Wednesday. If you want to get in on that, you want to enter yourself in into win some, some swag. I just put the link in the description, go follow the, the huddle up podcast Facebook page and you'll be entered to win. But other than that, Zach, Hey, we're off tomorrow night. So uh, have a great start to your week, bro. And we'll circle back on Wednesday with a superstar segment from David Kilgore.
3: And I know you have to go. I know you're in a hurry, so I'll keep it brief. Uh, We'll see you guys on Wednesday, 6 o'clock Mountain, 8 o'clock Eastern. We're going to be back on with that. And also, hopefully, more news, chat with the franchise tag window opening tomorrow. Maybe some Simmons tidbits to talk about. We'll see you then. Take care. And as always, go Broncos.
1: You've been listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.